0: This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. The first time in my life I found myself uncomfortably in the position of being a taker was just after the birth of our second child. We were living in Israel, our toddler daughter was only 19 months old, and she had just gotten the chicken pox. To complicate life, we had recently gotten the news that the owners of our rental apartment in Jerusalem were planning on moving back to Israel from New York, and that we had a few months to find ourselves a new place. Then, a few days after our son's bris, he contracted a fever. We rushed to the hospital. A newborn with fever is not something to be taken lightly. He was admitted for three days while they ran a whole battery of tests as we desperately tried to understand the medical terms being thrown about in Hebrew and make decisions for his health. Where were the grown-ups? He was eventually diagnosed with an infection due to a condition called reflux of the urinary tract. Thank God antibiotics solved the immediate issue and he outgrew the bigger one. But we didn't know then it would have an okay ending. Stressed, scared, and exhausted, we were traveling back and forth to the hospital so I could nurse, just two weeks postpartum, with a daughter who was still basically a baby herself, getting over the chickenpox and wondering when we would have time to find a place to live. It was bad. Thankfully, we had a support system. Our family and friends stepped in to help us, I had to do a lot of taking. I had to take meals, babysitting help, transportation. I felt impotent and helpless. I was used to being efficient and accomplished. I didn't want to do all this taking. But there wasn't any choice. Our babies needed care, and we needed rest and food. Thank God a loving community carried us when we needed it. It's interesting to contemplate that God created a world where we all need one another. The doctor needs the lawyer. The accountant needs the farmer. The farmer needs the governor. The governor needs the retailer. And on and on it goes. No one can live in this world as a completely independent individual. And we all have times in our lives when we're in a position of giving and times in our lives where we must take. In the fascinating book, The Stranger in the Woods, The Extraordinary Story of the Last True Hermit, author Michael Finkel examines the life of Christopher Knight, who lived alone in a Maine forest for 27 years. The book raises many interesting questions about humans and the function of society and describes the ingenious ways Christopher ate, drank, passed the time, and survived the freezing winters with nothing more than a tent. Eventually, he was found and arrested for breaking into nearby homes and businesses to steal food, clothing, and reading material. Christopher had disappeared into the woods because he simply preferred to be alone. He did not have a single conversation with another human being for nearly three decades. But the facts remain Chris did need others, he needed givers. And he would become a taker. Because no one can survive without ever needing anyone. We all go around the merry-go-round, giving, taking, giving, taking. Some people are better at giving, but bad at taking. Some people are great at taking, but struggle with giving. But all of us will find ourselves in each position at some point in our lives: being called upon to give graciously, being called upon to take graciously. In this week's Torah portion, we encounter this beautiful teaching. If your brother becomes impoverished and his means falter in your proximity, you shall strengthen him, foreigner or resident, so that he can live with you. Do not take from him interest or anything extra. You shall fear your God and let your brother live with you. Leviticus 25. Packed into these few short verses is the Torah's directive to making sure our community members are never left alone and adrift. The call to action here specifically is to help someone financially before they become impoverished, before they go bankrupt. Even when you see someone is struggling a little, you should reach out to them and offer assistance. Maimonides, a medieval scholar and physician, Teaches that the words in our verse strengthen him. Shows us that the highest form of charity is teach a man to fish, help him to prevent poverty in the first place by offering a job or teaching him a trade or investing in his business. But there's another interesting phrase in our verse that's worth paying attention to the specific directive here not to take interest from a fellow Jew. What's wrong with taking interest? It's a normative business practice. Someone pays you for the service of using your money. But this Torah directive is specifically targeted at your brother, which means your fellow Jew. We are allowed to take interest from most people because it is indeed a normative business practice. But when it comes to our fellow Jew, the rules change. We should not treat a fellow Jew with the regular respect that we would confer on any human being all of whom are created in God's image. For a fellow Jew, we are asked to go above and beyond. Why? Because Jews are a family, and family comes first. For family, we go above and beyond. We don't treat family members with normative business practices. We treat them like our flesh and blood, because that is exactly what they are. We are to give tzedakah to our brother and sister in a different way than we would give tzedakah to anyone else. In fact, one is supposed to prioritize their charity dollars to a relative before a non-relative because they're our own flesh and blood and therefore our responsibility. And the whole Jewish nation is, in a sense, our brother and sister. My husband and I practice the mitzvah of Maser, giving 10% of our earnings to charity. And the way we do this is that we have a separate Tsudaka checking account. Each month at the beginning of the month, we have an automatic transfer scheduled from our regular bank account to our Tsudaka account. At the end of each month, I tally up our variable income and see how much more or less I need to transfer. It's not ours. It gets whisked off to another account and that's how we make it work. Anyway, my grandmother, had once given us a cash gift, and we were trying to decide how to allocate the 10% that would go to charity. I love this part of the mitzvah. There are so many causes, and it's actually exciting when we discuss how we are going to allocate the funds in our charity account. So someone gave my husband this idea. He called up our local kosher grocery store, which at least at that time, I'm not sure if it's still like this now, had a bill box, In the bill box were index cards where they'd write down what people spent. Some people paid off their bill each month, and some did not, and some could not. So my husband said that he had a sum of money for a that he was going to send. Please could the accounting department determine which customer had the greatest amount of debt and use the funds to reduce that person's bill by that amount? We did not want to know who our recipients were, and we didn't want them to know who we are. This is actually the second highest form of giving, according to Maimonides' hierarchy. If teaching a man to fish is the highest, the second highest is that neither the donor nor the recipient know one another, so neither feels awkward, superior, or inferior. It felt really good to be able to do that act of tzedakah. And I'm sure that our recipient also felt uncomfortable about taking, just as I do when I find myself in need of others' kindnesses. But taking then, like I had to do 26 years ago when our son was born, is just another phase in the circle of giving. In the Jewish family, we give when others need it, and we allow them to give when we need it. And by so doing, we give them the gift of being able to give, because without any recipients, There would never be any givers, and that is not a world I would ever want to live in. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruhki again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book, To Power Your Day With Purpose.